This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily. NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. We are live. Well, not live. I, mean, I guess we are living in, a, in existence in this hotel room. Recording the Tuesday, what day is it? Tuesday, January 28th show on Monday, January 27th with a group of great friends. Myself, John Breach, Sean Wagner McGuff, and Jonathan Jones. <laughs> Ryan Wilson's here too. Just kidding. But JJ is in the room with us. Debo's in the hotel room. We're in, I'm not going to tell you my number, but we're in my hotel room. 405. <laughs> Bleep that. Oh my God. That's payback for when you guys call me in my hotel room as I was trying to sleep. Br- Brinson's adoring fans are going to come mm-hmm. here at like 3 a.m. Yep. Tuesday night. I'd be worried except, I'd be worried except Wilson's at 505. So who cares? <laughs> well, kill Brinson and then come upstairs. I'll hear the, the stuff. I can get out of the hotel room in time. No, kill you first. That way I hear you stomping around upstairs. What were those multiple pairs of high heels I heard last night? Uh, too far. <laughs> too much? Too much? Too much. <laughs> too too much? much. <laughs> um, anyway, this is the uh, Super Bowl opening night recap. Strong start. Just like the last time we all hung out at a Super Bowl, we're sitting in a hotel room. We're slamming wine. This time it's red. My choice. Last time it was breaches. Uh, what did Breach have some Chardonnay? Now, it was white because that's all they sold at 4 a.m., in Atlanta at the hotel. There were no other options. Beggars cannot be choosers, Brenton. It seemed like a racist move by you personally, but mm. too far, too far. We go too far, too far. Brenton's trying to get fired tonight. Yeah. Oh. He's already tired Monday of Super Bowl week, so he's, he's trying to get out of the rest of the week. Will, the final podcast of Will Brenton's career, we can uh, each guest host the rest of the episodes this week. Diva's, Diva's in hell right now. Um, we are. We actually have like fancy new podcast equipment and a headset, and so we're going to knock out Super Bowl opening night recap here. We will be live. Look, very. Uh, you guys are. You listeners are awesome about interacting with us. We had a couple of listeners at, at opening night say what's up to me and Breach. Took some selfies. Some guy actually asked me to sign his football. He was not a podcast listener, and I don't think he knew who I was. He thought you were Travis Kelsey. No, he that thought did. I worked for the 49ers. I was actually trying to figure out who he would have mistaken he for. Thought I Brinson, a player. He thought Brinson was Sourdough Sam. I don't know. The 49ers mascot? Yeah, you need to Google it Sourdough Sam. It feels like a fat, and a, a fat joke and a minor joke. I was going to say Charlie Day, but. What? Um, He's yeah. got the facial hair going. So. We really appreciate that. If you ever, you know, if you're ever around an event and, and you want to shout us out, we'd love to hang out and maybe we'll get beers with you. Maybe we'll do a little live podcast experience. But more importantly, <laughs> you know, if you laugh, I just showed John a picture of sourdough Sam okay. and he thinks it's your twin. More importantly, 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. 
We will be doing a live one-hour show on CBS Sports HQ. We need the people to listen who listen to this podcast to show out, show up, and show out. That does look like me. And to so it's free. You just get the CBS Sports app on your phone, on your Roku, on your Amazon Fire. You can do go to CBSSports.com/slash/live on your desktop. If you listen to this podcast and you like this podcast, please. Watch from two to three. Just watch HQ all the time. Actually, I don't care if you watch the other stuff. But two to three, that'll boost our numbers. I'll be like, man, these guys really are really popular, even if it's not true. So let's talk about opening night. Uh, how would you grade it, Breach? Give opening night a grade. Like based on how my body's holding up and whether or not I'm going to survive this whole week. Because... Well, you and I went out and had a bunch of bourbon on Sunday night, so that's why our bodies don't feel well. But also I gave a piggyback ride to an NFL football player who weighs 250 pounds, and I weigh – at least half that, but I don't know math, so probably not that. But anyway. I'm going to guess that you weigh more than 125 pounds. <laughs> really? I'm pretty svelte right now. Yeah. Uh, you look, uh, if Prisco was here, he'd tell you you look like you're like 160, uh, like, uh, one, 192. I would say, I would give it a B. Like, I thought it was entertaining. I thought, uh, the players looked like they were having a good time. And, and there's some characters there. There's always some characters. Ryan Wilson was running around de-pantsing people. I thought that was a little out of hand. Yeah. Um, so, so, well, just to make the picture, so media opening, opening night, which is what they call it now, occurs on Monday night in the Super Bowl city at a venue of the NFL's choosing. It used to, there used to be media day at 9 a.m. on Tuesday, and they decided to turn it into this thing that they could put in prime time. After NFL, Indianapolis happened, they decided to move it. Yeah, to after evening. you puked all over the, the <laughs> Lucas Oil Stadium. Prime time spectacle. That actually happened, JJ. <laughs> um, he said to sprint out of there. To, he was, he was doing an interview with Aaron Hernandez, sprinted right oh upstairs. <laughs> um, I told you, far. that's three strikes. Yeah, you're out. <laughs> How long have we been recording? Four minutes? <laughs> um, <laughs> Four minutes. It's been like ten minutes. That's also like... Yeah. So, they moved it to Monday night. This year it was at Marlins Park. Um, I don't like... I'm not really big on being... like. I, I think I'm a little claustrophobic, and but I don't... I don't like, I'm, like, it's not like a diagnosed cluster. Well, the New Orleans Super Bowl, the Indianapolis Super Bowl, they had it on the field so you could actually move around. There's a lot of And you also space. went to the place, like, where the game is being played. They started taking different venues. In, in the New, in the New York Super Bowl, they did it in a minor league hockey arena. In New Jersey. Or maybe it was a, maybe it was an NHL arena, but either way, it was a disaster. It was tiny and crowded. It was in the morning. Um, and then this year it was at Marlins Park. But which you thought, like, okay, they're gonna put, they're gonna spread these guys out in the entirety of the field. And you'll be able to walk around and like have some space and set up shop and talk to these guys. No, they put fake bleachers in to cordon off basically the outfield. Right. So the the infield was roped off. You couldn't go out and walk over there. Everything took place in the outfield. Yeah, and it was, but it was like shrunk in, and it was like a little circle, and it was just tough to get into spots to be able to talk to people. So that was a little frustrating. And again, if you're claustrophobic, eh, not great. But breach, uh, we were we were sitting on a scavenger hunt by the social media team. And so we had to. What, are the th- what were the things we had to do? Uh, we had to get people to sing Jennifer Lopez songs. Surprisingly, I went poorly. No one knows Jennifer Lopez songs. I was going to say, I am. I don't know a single one. Um, I don't either. Tonight. You only know that because the social media guys told you. Jenny from the Block. Oh, that's that's Jenny? the one. Yeah. I used to be. I used to have a little. Now I have a lot. Now I'm just Jenny from the Block. Yeah, that's it. We all knew it. We just wanted to hear you. Jay, well, you that's what all the Jay players Lowe. did to him too. They were like, they knew what he was talking about. Um, we did that. Uh, we were supposed to try to get uh, a... Uh, oh, we a, ate Pringles with Byron, Byron Pringle. Byron Pringle. That was the that first was, one that I was like, ooh. That was a highlight. It was actually funny because, like, all the Chiefs were coming out of this, like, main area where they were being introduced, and they were walking out into um, the area to go to their podiums and everything, and, like, 
<laughs> like, like Robbie, our social media guy goes, Byron Pringle, come here. <laughs> like, like calls out Byron Pringle out of everybody else. And we're like, Hey, we need you to eat some Pringles if that's cool. And if he gets violently ill this week, it's on us a hundred percent. Uh, we got Chris Jones to say some dirty things because we asked him about his wardrobe malfunction at the combine. I wrote that blog back in the day. And, you uh, did? yeah, that thing did a ton of traffic. He yeah, was very, and I, I hope the social can. Uh, use everything he said because he did get. Well, he had, a, he had a PR guy come best, up to him the, afterwards. The PR, the PR guy looked at him like, "Dude, why are you saying these words?" Look, We're gonna, like, so well, I didn't. Want, I was worried it was he was like going to get angry. He was he was hilarious. But Breach <laughs> asked him about it, and he goes, "You know, I'll just say this: I don't think it could have happened to a better guy." <laughs> Which <laughs> we start cracking up, and then he goes, he, he like said a couple more things that were funny, and he goes, "I'll just say one more thing: if you're going to go, go balls out." Nice. <laughs> we're like, oh my god! And then like the PR guy goes, <gasps> and like, like, like comes flying in. He's like, what did they ask? He's like, oh, I asked about the time my junk fell out of the combine. Um, I asked him about Philip Rivers. Poor PR guy. Like, yeah. if the Chiefs are monitoring these, they're like, dude, you're yeah. fired. Like, we, we, we made, can't let him say that. We made people do the Richard Sherman face from the interception in Super Bowl Forty Nine. A couple guys on the defense were like, not like, oh, I'm not messing with Sherm. But a couple guys were like, oh yeah, Sherm's hilarious. Patrick Mahomes impressions. Yeah, that got awkward. Eric Fisher wanted to punch we, me. We thought Eric Fisher was going to murder Brinson. On he the was spot. legitimately not that happy. Been, or, yeah, that would have worth the content. We're like, will you do it, it, absolutely? Yeah, I mean, I would have, I would have taken a hit for from Eric Fisher. Take it, I mean, we we we've seen you on CBS HQ getting choked out by a yeah. Brinson will do anything. For so content. I was like, I was like, can you do the Patrick Mahomes impression? He was like, I'm not going to do that to my boy. I was like, oh, okay, well, like maybe you could just say ketchup is weird and I like it on steaks. <laughs> And he he's like he's like well do you think he sounds different I was like yeah, he sounds like like and he's like no no like, he was like impression of what like yeah yeah he tried to trap me and I just did like an impression of Mahomes it was like a very bad one he's like that's not very nice and it just got awkward and I was like oh, yeah man. that is awkward it was weird it was it was not how did you how did it end awkward I said something along the lines of that was kind of a terrible impression and then walked away <laughs> yeah. hey congrats congrats to you just cutting bait and not trying to. You got to let yeah. let that go. Oh, uh, we asked uh, Anthony Sherman, number forty-two, to uh, to read the Shermanator. What was it, the Shermanator pledge from American Pie? And he's like, oh, "What? What is oh, that again?" Well, first, he knew it. The he social did. team killing it. We were like, "Have you prompts. seen American Pie?" He was like, "Obviously." Yeah. And we're like, "Do you know the Shermanator?" He said, uh, "Yeah." We're like, "Do you know the Shermanator pledge?" He's like. I don't know it by heart, but I know it. And so we're like, so Robbie, well, you phone. read it. Yeah. So Robbie, our social guy, pulls it up, and like the Shermanator pledge is the most sexual thing in the world. He's like, we I'm, a, no, he's like I'm a sexual robot sent from the future to like dominate. Did he say it? No, he goes, I'm not okay. reading this. Are you nuts? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, and he, then goes, he goes, was like, I am a sexual robot sent from the I future. I did not say that. And, and then, then it, it he got goes, awkward again. He said, he's, I didn't say that. By the way, Devo, cut out the Brinson says and just have John Breach saying that. <laughs> <Yeah. cool>. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see what else was on there, Breach. Uh, Frank Clark telling you you suck at your job. That was funny. funny. So they were like, yeah, like you got to have, have Frank Clark. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you got to get Frank Clark to yell at you. So Frank Clark was actually like just having the time of his life. Yeah. So. I get over there and there's a, you know, like you can always tell at media night how there's a guy who's writing us. I don't know why I'm telling JJ. He's not, but never heads it on. But you can always tell when there's a guy, like there's a guy who's going around to every podium. He's like, you know, the cover three shell is a difficult concept to deal with from a schematic. It's like, we get it. You're writing a film article and you're asking every player about it publicly to sound smart. We get it. Well, this guy comes up, he goes, no, you know, the 49ers do use a lot of motion in their offense. Frank Clark goes 90% of the time. 
was like, what was that? He was also so annoyed. He was trying to end that conversation, like nip it in the bud. He's like, yeah. Like, can I get, I'm at media night. Can I get a media night question? I want something fun here. But it was like crazy that he knows exactly how often they run motion. Um, so then I was like, listen, Frank, uh, we're doing the scavenger hunt. We need you to yell at me and tell me that I'm bad at my job and a terrible writer. Uh, would you mind doing that? He goes, no, nah, no problem. I goes, you're terrible at your job. You're a terrible writer. You should be fired. And like, and so at this point, people start looking over like, holy crap, what just happened? And I hope someone like, aggregates it. Yes, Clark, he had to be like, oh, they asked me to do it. They, like, like, he was Clark, like, put his hands up. Like, Chief, they asked me to do Chief it. Chief D screams at writer to like get fired. Um, and then they put the tweet in there that you, you made about, uh, What's the tweet they got in trouble for last week? Odell. Week? Yeah, the Odell tweet. Uh, We're really trying to get him fired. Right? Why are you bringing that up, man? People just <laughs> forgot about that, man. Yeah, man. That's what I'm here for. You hate to see it. I did, uh, I did, I did, it was like Bill Barnwell's pod or something. And like the first reply was like, I hope you endure it. I was like, oh, come on. Like, move along. You did the pod and ESPN was like, sorry, we can't have you on anymore because of the Odell tweet. Please get out of here. Um, Breach, more importantly, so we're talking to uh Anthony Zettel, right? Yeah. And um it's a long night, man. And uh Breach is like we kept like we're struggling to like ask these players if like if they would one of the things is get a piggyback ride from an NFL player. We're like, they're not gonna do this. It's like Super Bowl week. Like what if they like wrench their back out giving a breach a piggyback ride? More content. In? And also right. I'm in the suit, like I don't want to Give him a piggyback. Ride. I'm not jumping on another awkward. man's back in this. Right. Like you're like, like you never, you will never be taken seriously. So then again. Robbie's like, well, if they say no, that's fine because we'll put that in our social video. So we need you to ask at least one person this. And so Brent and I are looking around like, who do we ask? We see Anthony Zettel who has this like Miami Vice hat on. We're like, that guy will. Turns out he's a uh, former uh, college classmate of Debo's. Which is crazy. Yeah. So we're talking, we're talking to Zettel and like, and I was like, hey, listen, uh, one of the other things is a piggyback ride. Would you mind giving John a piggyback ride? And he flips it on. He goes, he's like, he goes, why don't you give me a piggyback ride? He's like, yeah, he's like, I'm not going to do that, but you can give me one. And everybody, it was awkward and I had to answer quickly. And I was like, it's all for content. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Uh, and he just like jumps on my back and literally. Breach, Breach got down in like a full squat and was like, okay, I think I'm good. And like, there, there's video of this and it's going to be incredible because Zettel is like big. And he's like on Breach's back and Breach goes, okay, I think I got it. And he's for like, people who don't know, Breach is not big. Yeah, yeah. He goes, I'm going to take two steps. He goes, thunk, thunk, and like got down. And then Zettel looks at us. He goes, he's about to start sweating like crazy. Yeah. yeah, as soon as I get back to there, I'm like Googling chiropractors in Miami. I'm like, my God, I can barely move right Diva, now. Diva, what is uh, Zettel's you measurables? a chiropractor? You have his, ver- what his vertical. It's like 6'4". 230 or something? 258. And while to. we were not recording, Breach speculated he might be half the weight of that. So yeah, Breach, that Breach, Breach speculated he might be at least 125 pounds. I was going to say 100 pounds lighter. So he's, it says 258. So I, I'm probably 158? about 158, 160. Yeah. Anyway, back to the actual content at hand here. It is worth noting, because um, we haven't mentioned on the podcast yet, our last podcast that we recorded. Oh, gosh, we didn't think about that. We recorded a mailbag for Monday. Um, on Sunday night, Kobe Bryant tragically passed at the age of 41 in a helicopter accident. It was, I mean, I, I mean, like, I would say it's one of the three most shocking, like, just, or stunning, like, sports stories of the last ever, ever 50 years. I don't know, man. Like, everybody I've talked to, like, and, like, friends who are not big NBA fans or friends who are not big, you know, we're not Lakers fans or anything like that. Like, this has stunned me more than I expected. Yeah, I, w- I was not a Kobe fan growing up. Like, I did not like Kobe as a player. 
um, which is like a sign of respect towards him. Like you would always, yeah. I like you would just dread when the team you wanted to win was playing against him. Um, but when I found out that news, I was like running errands before coming down here, and I just like sat in the parking lot of a Target, just like trying to process it because he's like, he, I think Tyron Matthew tonight had the best quote. It was I'm paraphrasing, but it was like. I didn't think guys like that would ever die. Yeah. Like yeah. that's you think of these guys as like immortal and Kobe way. was a killer. Like in a in a in a in a you know metaphorical sense on the court. Like the Mamba mentality was like I'm gonna outwork you, out hustle you, outplay you, and there's no one who ever beat me. And like it was never gonna be possible for it's I don't think it'll ever be possible, even as good as LeBron James is, to surpass Michael Jordan as the greatest player of all time. But like Kobe was never going like would like almost like would refuse to quit trying. Uh poured in eighty one against the Raptors famously, won an Oscar right before he died. He you know, of course it was his thirteen year old daughter and and other people on the on the helicopter. I mean the whole thing is just a unspeakable tragedy. Um but you knew that they were gonna honor him before this media night, and they did that with I think they could have it, it was very good. They did a moment of silence for Kobe Bryant, fans started chanting Kobe. I would have liked to have seen something maybe like Eight seconds, you know, like, like a very specific twenty-four seconds, like or twenty-four the shot clock violations. That yeah, they did, well, he yeah. did eight and twenty-four, yeah. obviously both. Um, yeah, I mean, but like it breached. Did you think that it tampered or like dampened the mood at all in terms of how media night approached? I was actually surprised. It was it was less so than I thought. But people, maybe like twenty-four hours out after the the shock of the news, seemed to be willing a willing to talk about. You know, Kobe, but B, like, didn't, it's not like I was like down the, you know, like, like, the players were still enjoying being at the Super Bowl and the experience without. I, I would say, if anything, it toned down the craziness of media night by like 20%. Yeah. Like, that's usually media night is just nuts. It's a total circus. This year. There's like a certain respect level. Yes. It seemed calmer. Uh, and players knew they were going to be asked about Kobe. And, and, you know, you can't walk in there wearing a clown costume. Uh, when the guy next to you is asking about Kobe. Right. And so people were respectful of that, and you didn't have people asking crazy questions and being ridiculous when conversations like that were going on. So everybody realized there was kind of time and a place, and that when these things were happening, don't interrupt and, and be respectful. And, and that is not – that kind of decorum does not usually exist at media night, but it did uh, on Monday night. And well, so I think that was the big difference. We talked about how we um, did a bunch of stupid stuff. With players, but like we would walk up to him and like there was a couple of times you'd walk up and there were, you could hear a Kobe question being answered. You're like, eh, let's, like, let's 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 hang out and see you know how the answer. Like you didn't want to dive in on like a very thoughtful answer about Kobe Bryant, right? Something right. like you hey, move on to another player or you yeah you, you waited out for a while. Like you don't yeah, yeah you don't dive in. We actually waited on Kobe a little bit on the 2 p.m. show on Monday that you can watch on CBS Sports HQ. Sean, any I mean you mentioned it. I don't know if you had any thoughts on Kobe specifically. Or, no, because you're because you're. I mean, like, what year were you born? 93. 92? 92. Come on. I keep right. You were four years old when Kobe started playing. Yeah, I mean, well, that's why, for me, this is the most jarring, like, celebrity, famous person death that I've ever had to deal with because um, for as long as I've watched basketball, there's always been Kobe Bryant. And, like, like I was a big – Allen Iverson was my guy growing up. Um and part of the reason why I never liked Kobe is because when AI carried that Sixers team to the finals, they lost to the Lakers in five games. And that's, that's pretty much why I didn't like Kobe, um, for the rest of his career because I loved Allen Iverson and I wanted him to get a championship and he never got it because of that, that Lakers team. And so it doesn't feel like that long ago 
that he even retired. Like, I have so many vivid memories of him beating the Celtics in that incredible Game 7, yeah. uh, that low-scoring Game 7 where he went off in, like, the final eight minutes. Like, I have – all of my basketball memories are tied to Kobe. So, like, that's how I – like, it, you don't have to be a fan of the of the player or, like, had yeah. to root for him during his career for that to, like, impact you. And all these players we're citing are, like, kind of around my age. Like, they're, you know, 27 to 30 or, you know, 24 to 32. Right, and it, it cross sports, too. Like, for instance, LaShawn McCoy – uh, Shady, who's a, you know, is a Philly guy. And you have Kobe, who's a huge Eagles fan. Like Kobe lost his mind when he won the Super Bowl. Our own Debo doing some hardcore journalism stuff. Spotlight. Spotlight. Capital J. Went and talked to, uh, LaShawn McCoy about Kobe Bryant. That's tough, yo. I'm saying like, seriously, like, I'm still hurt. Like, I talked to Deshaun Jackson about it yesterday. You know, it's like things that you don't, we, we take, like, especially football and sports in general as athletes. Like, what's so important is like, oh, we lost, or we won, we had 100 yards, we didn't do this, we didn't do that. But it's like, you have real stuff that really matters. Like, he has daughters, he got a wife. Like, all that stuff you don't even think about. You know, I mean, people know him because of how great he was as a basketball player, but it's other stuff that you think about. Him. You talked about, um... And uh, as Debo points out in this tweet, and you can follow Debo at E underscore D-E-B-E-R-A-R-D-I-N-I-S. You got to rebrand. No 07? I think you need to go Debo pick six. Oh. What do you think? Debo pick six oh seven. We should vote on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Shady also oh, said yeah. that, like, because he was a, you know, an Eagles guy, like, if he went to Sixers-Lakers games, Kobe would, like, look at him and, like, wink and, like, would send him all kinds of swag, like, like, like Kobe swag because so it is it's just wild how this whole generation of people like well, athletes have been affected just by this. One little quick tangent about Kobe. Like my most vivid Kobe Bryant memory was when it's like really it was his last ever game um and at the time I had been in the East Bay for a while and that was the same day the Warriors won their 73rd game on the final day of the season. And just to show, like, Kobe transcended teams. Like, there were just Kobe fans, right? Like you didn't have to be a Laker fan, you were just a Kobe fan. I was in a Berkeley bar Berkeley's, you know, 20 minutes away from Oracle Arena, so it's right in Warriors territory. And we went to watch the Warriors win their 73rd game as fans. And this is a Berkeley bar, so it's primarily Warriors fans, but there's some people from Southern California. One of the TVs in that bar had the Lakers game on. By the third quarter, no one was watching the Warriors game, and the entire bar was living and dying with every single shot Kobe put up. Yeah. And, like, I remember I was one of the only ones watching the Warriors game still because I was just never a big Kobe fan. But I remember just being, like, that was probably the first time in my life it took until his last game that I was able to witness, like, what Kobe meant to so many people because I was sitting there watching the Warriors game, and no one was – it was kind of a close game. They were playing Memphis, I remember, until late in the fourth quarter, the Warriors pulled away. And I was like, this, they're going for the record. No one's won 73 games. And everyone is just screaming and yelling and shouting with every Kobe, shot yeah, and yeah. yelling Kobe every time he shot the ball. People would just, just sell Kobe. Would be, like, it, like, the thing about Kobe that, that was so amazing is, like, he was this – people – there were some people who didn't like him because he was – like a – I don't call it like a selfish chucker. Well, the Shaq, but like he the like, running the Shaq out yeah, of town. Yeah, they had like Shaq and Kobe stuff. But like like Kobe, when Kobe got on a heater, he was putting up shots, and they were going in. And it was like crazy. Like he'd have that fadeaway three for like three feet beyond the arc. Just a complete heat check that would always drop. Uh, and he inspired a bunch of people. For instance, George Kittle said that um, if he scores. You know, Kobe was, other than my parents, like he was the reason I played sports. Uh, just his mindset, his, you know, the amount of mentality. And uh, I, I wore the number 24 in high school, uh, like my freshman, sophomore year because of him. And 
I wore Kobe Bryant basketball shoes because of Kobe Bryant. Every time I laced up my basketball shoes, I felt like I had Kobe Bryant with me. I had a little part of him. I had his jumper. I had his fadeaway. The amount of hours I spent practicing that fadeaway from the corner. And I never made it, but I tried, and I always thought I was Kobe. So, like, uh, I mean, he's, he's an icon. Uh, he was a hero of mine. And the world's not a better place without him. But I think uh, the impact that he has, uh, he's it, it's gonna he's going to change a lot, uh, you know, just with his life. And you know, I'm definitely sad, and uh, it just sucks, honestly. Uh, Kittle also said that he planned on um, doing a Kobe motion if he scores. Wilson, you were there this evening. You weren't working. You're just sort of wandering around, not really even talking to anybody. <laughs> it's a little weird. But uh, I'm sure you got a grade on the evening. What'd you do? What'd you think? Tell me one thing you did first. I'll tell you what I told. <laughs> that beer's settling in, JJ. I think he's got the. What are you talking about? Well, by the way, while we were, oh, we had to take a break because, because Wilson spilled a beer all over. Yes, that's why we took the break. Hey, but, we've all had our first beer before. Let's not judge. <laughs> Come on. Act like you've been there before. No, I thought it was actually a good evening for me. Uh, <laughs> so I give it, I give it a day plus. <laughs> a personal A plus. Yeah. What was your What was your favorite thing you saw? No, I, seriously though, it was actually good for me because uh, I didn't talk to many players. I did talk the first player I talked to you along with them, our guy Jamie Eisenberg. We talked to Darwin Thompson, the uh, day three pick last year at Utah State, and I talked to him about how things were going this year for him. He didn't play a lot, but more importantly, he played last year with Jordan Love, and Jordan Love is going to be probably a first round pick. So he he compared. He actually brought this up. He compared Jordan Love to Patrick Mahomes, so that's something to look out for. Uh, wow. As we move towards the draft process, but he also talked about. By the way, we saw uh, Andrew Perloff of the Dan yeah. Patrick Show, Pick Six Podcast listener, noted hater of Sean, Millennial Sean, but and- also noted Bengals fan. So now Andrew and I are best friends. Yeah. I have a comrade. I am going to chat him uh, every Sunday. Well, just just real quick. It's still very early, but I gotta no, say, no, one no. year later, my Mahomes take has aged very that's, well. That's what I told him. I told him. I said, I was like, you know, what's crazy is like that Mahomes far thing is like. Aging quite well for Sean. It's only been one year, and I understand that was the whole point. It's like yeah. slow down, but one year, it's a check in my column. Hey, what do you think? Do you, you watch Game of Thrones, right, JJ? What do you think about Sean having a um, Arya uh, Jumpman Arya sticker on the back of his phone? That's a lot. <laughs> can, we, can we hear him on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. JJ, you've only met me a couple times. Like yeah. in 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 a few months, you won't think that's a lot. You guys have a lot in common. It's fine. Um, moving along. I have no idea what that's supposed to mean. You spent time in a press box together once. Oh, I thought you were saying uh, me and Aria have a lot of common. No. I, like, um, I didn't hear – I'm really disappointed. I didn't hear one word Andy Reid said. Did you get to talk to him, Debo? Oh, oh, I have – I wrote down one thing Andy Reid said that is very relevant to this podcast. Perfect. He's a basic listener? Maybe, Breach, maybe. Because he was talking about, you know, he wore that Hawaiian shirt, that, that red shirt that he, like, Tommy always Bahama. wears. Yes, and they asked him about it, and he talked about how he likes that, like, no dress code, except he said, no Speedos. Which is very Whoa. relevant, because John Breach has been talking about how we're all going to wear Speedos on this trip. That is, we're literally going to But now Andy Reid has slammed the door shut, no Speedos, John, we're I'm sorry. We're podcasting Friday from the beach in Speedos, and we'll invite Andy Reid. No, we're not wearing speedos, bro. What Why is it you with you in the speedos? I brought, so I brought a pair for everyone, speedos. guys. I brought a pair for everyone. I'm not. Well, speedos aren't in pairs. Way. What are you talking about? It's like a pair of socks. But it's a single <laughs> no, speedo. No, a pair of jeans. No, it's a not. pair of jeans. You'll say a pair of speedo. Yeah. Do, you, do you say a pair what, of swim trunks? A speedo expert here. Yeah, he's got you there. A pair of jeans is a good point. Thank you. But do you say a pair of swim trunks? No, you say swim trunks. You say a pair of swimsuits. Also, who says swim trunks? Yeah, no one Apparently says it. Apparently I do. You know what else suit. is? 
Sean's cut off. Well, would you, would my fellow friends care to go put on By their the way, swim you, trunks? You, you and did that same invitation for someone else ten minutes ago. You got a diaper. Would you care? Uh, so anyway, who saw Andy Reid? Was he very jovial? This is what I wrote down because I was watching on TV when Andy Reid was. Have talking. we talked about the fact that Andy Reid once gave a mac and cheese recipe to an SB Nation writer in an airport? Because it's amazing. Like that's the best story of all time. That's what you Charles should be Mc- leading with. Charles McDonald, who's at Four Verts on Twitter, is a good follow. But like he met Andy, he met Andy Reid in an airport, and he um, they started talking about Thanksgiving meals, and eventually he like he's texting with Andy Reid. Andy Reid's like, "Here are my five favorite cheeses to put in mac and cheese." Fontina, very good choice. If we're sure. going to talk about Andy Reid, though, we should talk about the guy who dressed up like Andy Reid. Mm, good point. Punt, pass, and kick, 1974 Andy Reid version. Yeah. What do you even get, uh, 1974 Rams outfit? Who was the most awkward person we talked to? Was it Matt Moore or Eric Fisher? Uh, and which one was going to beat you up? Andy Reid. <laughs> By the way, Eric oh, yeah, Fisher. What did you say about Andy Reid? I mean, it's not, it's fine. It wasn't like a groundbreaking, you know, spotlight thing. It was just, he reminds me in a way that, like, they tried to, I don't know who I was asking the questions. Try to bait him into like saying a couple like headline worthy things. Like they asked him about like the demise of the Patriots. Does this feel like, you know, they're turning the page? And he of course isn't like going to answer that and he doesn't address that. And, like it, he reminds me so much of like kind of Bill Belichick in the sense that like he's so determined he's not going to give you anything. The difference between the two is that when Belichick does it, it looks like he's having open heart surgery. Like he just yeah. like wants to like he hates the process of being there. And Andy Reid is just so joyful and so relaxed yeah, yeah, yeah. that he's such a joy that, like, you just watch him and you get calm just by watching him. Um, Belichick is usually really good at these media night things. He's done nine of them. So, like, it's not hard to do. Uh, but he's, he's sort of, like, open and kind of goofy and then he, he tightens up a little bit. I thought that there was a remarkable difference between the Chiefs and the 49ers in terms of their energy on the floor. I don't know about you guys. Um, to me, the Chiefs were much more buttoned up and – much more felt much more focused on the game and the 49ers felt like they were there to sort of enjoy it. Now that may be a, a veteran team versus a younger team thing. Would you agree? No, I have a thought and this well, here, why don't you talk? Yes, we got printed off the pod finally. So I have a thought and it, it relates because I spent two weeks out in San Francisco yeah. with them. And what I, what I came to learn was that these guys are, Obviously, incredibly loose. So, like, Quan Alexander plays the music on the Bluetooth speaker before the game. Kendrick Bourne is always dancing. Debo Samuel, always dancing. Uh, and then there are other guys who are trying to put their music on or whatever. Before the Vikings game, I was like, oh, boy, these guys are really loose. And none of them have been there before. And I had just seen the Vikings against the Saints where the Vikings went 10 of 18 on third down, didn't give the ball back to Drew Brees in the Superdome, in overtime. I was like, I don't know about all that. And then they go out and stomp them out. And after I saw that, I was like, okay, these cats are for real. And so this is what they do. And having seen it like up close for the last two weeks, I was like, all right. So that they came out, and Brinson, I think that you're mostly right. I thought that they were kind of similar, both teams. But if I had to say one was looser than the other, I would say the 49ers were. But that does not at all surprise me because that's their formula, and they are just absolutely crushing teams to the point where Jimmy Garoppolo is getting texts from all of his buddies back home being like, hey, is your arm sore after the (laughs) NFC Championship game? Just on that note, I don't know if you guys read the athletic story on Also, for the record, just real quickly to interrupt you one more time. Um, We don't have a fifth headset. That's why JJ is – I hated him. And on a Jimmy Garoppolo note, he gave – It's not like we don't want JJ to be on the podcast. He gave out some tips on how to be handsome. Debo got some tips on how to be handsome. I would encourage everyone to go to Debo's Twitter and listen to that. 
Because who doesn't want to look handsome? sucking up. Who wouldn't want to look handsome? <laughs> sucking up? How's that? We were sucking up he, to anybody. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. We don't want to get into this. Okay. Good, Sorry good, that you're not good as handsome plug. as Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, none of us are as handsome as Jimmy Garoppolo. Speak for yourself. Well, what do you think those tips were? Yeah, okay, yellowfish and I've heard, right? Yeah, um, it's yeah. a good start. I've heard that a lot. <laughs> yeah, the story's starting to sound familiar. Yeah, All so right. uh, I would start there. Uh, you know, get some uh, some nice clothes. Big part of it. Okay. Yeah, have the attire, right? Sharp dressed men. Sharp dressed okay. men. Got and uh, fresh haircut. Fresh haircut? Those three things, you should be good. What was the first thing? Wait, so you need facial hair... That's fine. A new haircut just grew a and beard some sharp dress clothes. Yeah, but you're not dressed sharp. I'm not. <laughs> I, so what I was going to say. Sean has a fresh haircut, unfortunately, incapable of growing facial hair. Not incapable. In, incapable of growing facial hair that doesn't look creepy. Uh, that sounds you, like want, you want me to get a little wispy mustache going? By the way, there was, a, there, was a, there was a bet before the uh, podcast that I couldn't interrupt you 342 times <laughs> What was I, I going to say? I got oh, the JJ Wilson, made it. Wilson's oh, drinking Jesus every Christ. time someone interrupts Sean. That's, <laughs> that's, that's out so of I need to go to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Wilson's asking you to like this story. Um, so Wilson's JJ was talking about how loose the 49ers were. I don't know if you guys read The Athletic. I think it was David Lombardi wrote on Richard Sherman just his journey through college and to this point. Um, and Sherman was actually talking about how in free agency, when he was coming off the Achilles tear, he met with the 49ers, and the Lions had a bigger offer on the table. And the reason he chose the 49ers is because he he met with Kyle Shanahan for a really long dinner and drinks, and they had a great time. He was like, we would have been out till 2 a.m. if Kyle Shanahan didn't have to get home to ki- the kids. Um, and he said that he didn't feel like he could do that in Detroit because of Matt Patricia and the Bill <laughs> Belichick system. I, tr- I try to tell the story. No one's Ryan's getting up. JJ is coordinating Ryan's, it. Ryan's, Ryan's tri- laughing. The podcast listeners are listening. Ryan, Ryan don't have to listen. and so so I just find that interesting because he said I'm the kind of guy who like I can't go 100 percent, like 120 percent in warm ups and practice. Like I will be ready for the game, but like that's not going to be me. Like I want to listen to my music. I want to have fun, and I wasn't going to be able to do that in Detroit on in a Bill Belichick New England type of systems. But, oh, so he was like. Would I rather, at the time, look, no one knew the 49ers, you know, two years later were going to be this good. He was like, would I rather... Well, Sherman jumped on the year when everyone, like, everyone was on the 49ers Yeah, and then Garoppolo tears his ACL, but he was like, would I rather go there and, like, not have fun and not be able to be myself, or would I rather go here where Shanahan understands me and will let me be myself? And he was like, I'd rather do that. That's that's my whole argument for why the Richard Sherman contract is perfectly fine. Like, he bettered himself. He gets motivation from that, gets, too. Right, but, like, he went to, like, he was like, this job looks like, looks like it's going to be awesome. I get to play my old team twice a year. I don't have to move very far. I want to play for a coach that I really like in a system. They're going to give me a bunch of freedom as a veteran. Uh, I'm going to be the leader on the defense. And if I ball out and make the make, make an all pro team first or second, I'm getting the three million dollar bonus. Another fun tidbit from that story is that so he went what fourth or fifth round to the Seahawks? Nope, nope, nope. Don't interrupt me. Fifth round. Fifth round. And I guess after he signed with the 49ers, Jed York, the owner, said that they had a third round grade on Sherman originally. But Harbaugh had like veto power and talked them out of it. Because Harbaugh and obviously Sherman were at Stanford and they butted head at times. Is that Richard Sherman played in the Senior Bowl and Marvin Lewis was on the Senior Bowl coaching staff (laughs) and uh, Sherman did something wrong and Marvin Lewis said, "That's why you're not getting drafted. That's why you're not going to effing play in this league." 
So Marvin Lewis told and, Sherman he wasn't going to play in the NFL. The kicker of that is in Sherman's first ever start came against the Bengals, and he intercepted Andy Dalton for his career, first career Everyone interception. And he Andy threw Dalton. the that's ball. He gave the ball to, to Marvin Lewis, and that's the only interception ball he's never kept. Really? Yes. Fun wait, fact. He, wait, he, he intercepted the ball and ran it over and threw it to Marvin yeah, Lewis? Yeah, well, he somehow gave it to Marvin Lewis. That was oh, in the story. So. Uh, who was it who told me? Oh, man, who was I talking to? It was, um, oh goodness. Oh, um. While you're thinking about this, I want to give Brent some, <laughs> I want to give Brent some props. Pro tip, bring your own soap. Nice job. I, I, that's a good, yeah, that's I like a, tough soap. That's tough a strong move. I, I respect it. It's just, it's when an I'm extra. packing for a week, it's too, you know, you gotta make some sacrifices. Yeah. Soap's not yeah. on the list for me. I bring my own baby wipes. You, you bring your own, <laughs> I bring my own baby. That's, uh, that's Jonathan Jones. Do you also bring your own baby? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what do you use the baby wipes? <laughs> like, what do you? Uh, have you ever used? I don't use. I don't <laughs> use baby John, wipes on myself. <laughs> wait, so am I to understand that when you say you bring your own baby wipes, um, do you? I don't have a child. Right. That's I mean, what that, I'm. Uh, but, so the baby wipes are used. See, thank you, Brinson. What's Brinson's wondering the same thing as I? I know. I know. I like to treat myself. No, 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 no. So, like, any if you have a kid, you're like. What have we been using this tube, this single ply for years when these baby wipes, they can't flush them? No, you can't. That's why I was getting <laughs> ones. No, that's not a real thing. I talked to somebody in sanitation, flushable baby wipes. Fl- not a real he talked to someone in sanitation about this. About There's a, in Raleigh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they say flushable, not really flushable. Uh, it's a game changer. I'm sorry. Well, when they move know. the Super Bowl to Europe and <laughs> we'll have bidets in our, uh. No, it's a game, it is, it will change your life. Hardcore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, hardcore. Yeah, yeah. I, I travel. This is the only you, thing that I do travel with. I have a travel pack, and then I have the big pack. Are people like, sir, did you forget your baby at the gate when you go through security? And Absolutely you have a big not. Thing they don't ask baby. any questions because apparently they all understand what's going on, but you, Sean, don't. Yeah, I don't. I mean, Sean, it sounds like we got to have a talk about this after we're done recording. Sean, Sean's sitting there uncomfortable as hell. <laughs> he ain't been comfortable so, in 10 years. So when you see JJ at Sam's Club, Pushing two shopping carts full of baby wipes. He's just stocking up. He's like, next. hello, ladies. <laughs> I, I, I do. I, and honestly, every time I go to the Target at, near my house in Charlotte and I get the big thing of baby wipes, I always wonder if I'm going to run into a former, like, flame and they're going to be like, oh, oh, that's where life's taking you. <laughs> you have seven babies. <laughs> and to be clear, the Target that JJ is going to is probably stocked with, like, oh, it's attractive mother, like, motherly, like, people who are like, why is this guy buying baby wives? <laughs> One of the Tinder targets. Yeah. Like, like, but like, you, cause you, you're not married, you don't have a wedding ring. You're just stocking up on baby wipes. Which not that there's anything wrong with having a baby and not being married, but like, you know, single, a single man at Target loading up a cart with baby wipes is, uh, you know, that's an interesting. Sean, you should check out baby wipes. Anyway, Devo's over here, head and hands, knows that it's all coming to an end soon. <laughs> Um, not much longer now. So now all we need is a baby wipe sponsorship for the podcast. Or a dude wipes. One wipe Charlie's. Dude wipe. One wipe Charlie. That's with, um, shave club for men. Dollar shave club. So anyway, apparently Nick Bosa was asked about, uh, Baker Mayfield. It was like, oh, he's like, listen, I just don't like the guy. Like, (laughs) I can't stand him. He's like, and they were like, what do you think about the fact that he's on like every commercial every other day? He's like, it's just too much. (laughs) Like, he's like, I know I'm not supposed to say anything, but I'm going to say it anyway. It sort of lashed out of Baker Mayfield. So that was exciting as well. Uh, do we, we have to take a break. <laughs> How long has it been? <laughs> um, 34 minutes. Three hours, Diva. How long, Diva? 
40 minutes. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we will talk some NFL news and wrap up this podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If ready PG. All right. So uh, let's wrap this bad boy up by talking about the final thoughts on opening night. I would say uh, let's give out one big winner and one loser each. How about that? We gotten good at that. Um, I'm going to call myself a winner. Let's see all surprise. He's stealing my thunder. That's my thing. Because I, I was able to uh, discreetly snag a photo of John Breach's credential, but it popped up on the screen. Have you seen? Oh have boy. you seen John Breach's credential? I, yes. That wasn't the only thing that you secretly snapped a photo of. I, I also took a picture of a shirtless Ryan Wilson. Oh, you did do that. Have, yeah, you, have you seen John's credential? Oh, I yeah, put it. Oh, put yeah. it I saw both yeah. these photos. Yeah, John. We need an explanation of like how much PCP you were on. Well, this was a long time ago. I don't know. The picture isn't as recent as it should be. It's the only have one you I had seen this saved on my computer. And the thing is, I see everyone. They grab it and they look at it and they look at me and they look at it and they look at me. And then they're like, like uh, you're you're clearly drunk. It's close enough. <laughs> like, like, look at, like, it's this, a bad fake ID. Yeah, he's looking at him. He's like, <laughs> it looks like he's at prom. Yeah, you're looking at your hammered after prom. And you're like, or like got arrested after prom. What I want to know is like, why are you like, okay, that's the picture I should send to the NFL. To he, you credential. didn't send it though, right? No, I did send it. Oh, I think said EK sent it. So we had we got the email that we need to send in our credentials. We do so we get sent a link and then we have to pick a picture to upload, but yeah. it has to be a clear headshot. And so like that's the one. That's the was. only one that's I had only on had. my computer. Otherwise, I'd, I would have. Like, you have take a phone a with a camera on it? No, you can't take a selfie. I, I'm, I'm with you, Breach. It, it's, it's it takes easy. me a while to find a headshot. Right. To you lost really your mind. I took a last year. Uh, I have we, one that I always last use year. We got an email. It was like, if you don't get a picture in right now, you're not going to be able to get your credential on time. I just took a picture of myself in my living room wearing like a hoodie. That I put boom done. Look how handsome that guy is. Man, yuck. Yeah, well, yuck. we know my shit. <laughs> That was a picture of Wilson. That is why I don't take selfies. That's my selfie with KC Wolf, the Chiefs yeah. mascot. Let me see. You can't see Let him see. and you can't see me. <laughs> why did you tweet it? Because <laughs> it was so bad. Um, Literally the worst selfie in the history. So give me a winner, Breach. That's that's my that's my winner. Uh, my winner, my loser is Wilson because you have a blackmail photo of him without his shirt off. Yeah, that was uh, too I mean, far. That, that is I definitely... Wilson looked pretty good with his shirt off. <laughs> well, He's you're, like, I you're comparing it to the August picture of you, so... <laughs> Too far. I mean, I'm I'm fat right now. <laughs> um, I thought I thought Jimmy Garoppolo was a winner. I thought he was so laid back, uh, answering chill questions. You know, giving out handsome tips on that guy could start his own magazine, couldn't he? Okay. Sean, who's handsomer, Brenton or Garoppolo? What? How is this even a question? Wow. It's obviously Jimmy. I know. Brent is not flattered. He's even in the same question. Easy. It's Garoppolo. 
That was, that was, I think Princess is flattered he got in the conversation. I'm a little weirded out. No, that was, it was supposed to be, yeah. You know how far, is? how far apart are you guys? It was supposed to today? be easy. It was supposed to be easy answer for Sean. And the fact that he hesitated. You know what it is? It's, it's, but the, he was trying yeah. to figure out who in this room he could be like, all right, it's like reasonably close to me. All right. I think the biggest winner was Anthony Zettel because he had a piggyback ride from me. That's true. Sean, winner. The super friends back together again. It, for the first for the, time since I For the last time ever. <laughs> What's happening? Oh, because Prince is getting fired. What? No, because we can't podcast together. It gets out of hand. Um, no, my real winner... I'm going to say Richard Sherman. I think this This is the... I mean, okay, I'm going to kind of cheat and just go like the full year with this cul- this week like being the culminating event for him. Like this year for me solidified like... This is the year Sherman was always known for his Seattle, um, everything he did there. But do, the fact do you that think he, took he solidified another, a Hall of Fame resume. Yeah, like I think there's no doubt now that yeah, he is going to be known as the best cornerback of the decade. And what I thought was really interesting, he bodied Darrell Revis on, t- on Twitter. Well, I mean, we did our All Decade team, and he got the edge over Darrell Revis. Wow. And Darrell Revis actually that day it came out, tweeted out a bunch of stuff. So I actually think he saw our list, Probably. and that's why he started tweeting about it. Um, I was good, actually good taking job notes. By, good job of you to go with Richard Sherman as a winner, but like sneak yourself in as I'm sort of a winner because Darrell Revis read my all decade piece. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, that's true that I made everyone do and then I got all the credit for it by yeah. copy and pasting your answers. That's you. Um, I, for no, the record, no, but, I didn't give answers. <laughs> that's true. You broke some ties. You and Breach broke some ties. Um, but a lot of people were asked about Richard Sherman tonight and every single person was compliment like everyone on the Chiefs were co- was complimentary towards him it was almost like yes obviously they should be complimentary towards him everything that he's done including this season and last season off a torn Achilles at age 31 like that feels really overlooked yeah but it almost felt like a thing where it's like we're not going to give this guy any extra motivation because we actually know how much he feeds off of it like Tyreek Hill was like i respect this hell this guy like no, Tyreek so Hill was much. asked about Richard Sherman he was like Listen, you understand. This guy's great. He's I want to swap jerseys with him after the yeah, game, and yeah. like he shuts down everyone. I can't wait to play against him. Like they were just like, we're not giving give him any more extra motivation that he needs. Like it, it's like the sign of ultimate respect. Like in past Super Bowls, it's always been like Brady's been that guy who's like he's yeah, the guy that's there, not that's been there say, over and over again. Like people are like, no, are you surprised that Tom Brady's back here at his age, yeah. like begging somebody Every, to be like, well, maybe he won't be that good for that long. And everyone like, on these two no. teams is really inexperienced in terms of Super Bowl that it feels like it's Sherman who is like that guy out of mm. everyone on both teams that is the guy that's been here before. Ben, this is his third Super Bowl. He's won one before. We made um, people do Richard Sherman faces, by the way. We also asked Jimmy Ward about how important it was to have a guy like Sherman who had already been to multiple Super Bowls. He seemed pretty stoked. He did. Uh, and uh, Fred, uh, Fred Wagner, too, was like, man, you don't understand, like having a guy like that. Warner? Fred Warner. Did I say Wagner? Jeez, who's Fred Wagner? Fred, Fred Sean, Wagner McGuff. Sean Warner McGuff. Oh, <laughs> you probably meant Bobby Wagner. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I did because you know what? They asked right after that, Fred Warner was asked about who the best linebacker in football is and said Bobby, mentioned Bobby Wagner immediately. So my apologies. Also, I've been drinking for time. <laughs> so anyways, um, I, I think this year is the year Sherman needed I think if, if, well, if he had had this year, so, he'd be in the Hall of Fame conversation. He'd get in eventually. I think this is solidified when he retires, he's going to be first ballot. But what's kind of interesting about Sherman, too, is that so his first Super Bowl was Super Bowl 48 in New York. And, I mean, we all – that was Breach's first Super Bowl as well. Ryan's 
second, third Super Bowl. I was working in the Daily Cow editing with Riley McAtee, who's with with the Ringer. I remember Jeez. we watched that game together in the office back. together. Get it. Oh, just, okay. just TBT, dude. People in college. I mean, I saw Kevin Clark and Ryan. Ryan I'm, May I'm not. Team, I'm not humble bragging. I'm I just saw, pointing you, out that more like, importantly, that's all you know, who I was very excited to see Danny Kelly. Danny Kelly is the man. Um, Do you think Riley McAtee's telling a story right now somewhere about how he worked at Daily Cowboys? Well, no, because he's not on the oh, podcast. And Roger Sherman. Roger Love Sherman. You, Roger right, Sherman. No, not a diss, Riley. Roger Sherman got the highest possible compliment. So, like, Robbie Snyder, who's our social media guy, goes up to me and goes, Hey, man, look, um, I just want you to know, I, you know, I follow, like, you know, a couple hundred, you know, thousand people on Twitter. He's like, I don't really like any of them. He's like, but I like you. I like you on Twitter. <laughs> this is the ultimate compliment. Uh, I, right. Anyway, we're done. We're done name dropping ringer stuff. I want to point out though that um, it's a Sean's thing. Stop. <laughs> we get it. You're first I was dropped enough on. Um, Sherman, when he came into his first Super Bowl, came immediately off the the interview with Aaron Andrews. The, and that's the tip. He was called a thug by multiple like media like outlets and. It's an audio podcast, and no one knows why. No one knows you pointed at me, (laughs) punk. I didn't point for the record. Wilson did. (laughs) I didn't. No, I thought it was an awesome interview. Like he was like, "Do not come at me. Don't come at me." Yeah, in the full context, is he tips it and then passes it to Crabtree, and then he runs up to Crabtree and like offers his hand, and Crabtree won't take it, and then he like does the choking symbol. I think towards Kaepernick, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and like they beat they beat the Forty Niners together. It was a crazy game. It was the peak of like the Forty Niners Seahawks rivalry. I mean, I mean it, peak Legion of Boom. I mean, honestly. It was the coming out party for the Legion of Boom. Yeah. And then they throttled Peyton Manning and the Broncos' top offense in the Super Bowl. But, like, Sherman came into that. It's, it's just crazy how it's full circle. Sherman came into that that Super Bowl as, like, an not unknown to, like, smart football fans. But, like, he wasn't a superstar. And he became a superstar because of that. And now he's coming in as, like, sort of the older, wiser, veteran guy. Elder statesman. Yeah, yeah, know. the elder statesman. Yeah, great call. So who's your winner, Ryan? Andy Reid showed up uh, getting off the plane in the suit, but he he busted out the Hawaiian the Hawaiian shirt for for media night, and he seemed very calm and relaxed. And I feel like the pressure isn't too much for him. Um, you missed it, Sean. I don't think you watched HQ the the pod today from two to three, but we all danced. I was on an airplane. With Andy Reid off the bye. Andy oh, Reid. I missed that. Andy Reid. Did someone chip it? Uh, I don't know. But anyway, G, you can watch it um, on CBS Sports HQ. So it means you can probably Might watch it on the, the YouTube. We rehearsed Slash. beforehand, and Brenton still he still it messed up. it up. <laughs> well, he probably wasn't paying attention either. But I feel like the Andy Reid off the bye is a big thing. Nineteen and three is maybe I messed it up on purpose. Maybe you did. What's the what's nineteen and three? What's his record breach? There's a new updated record. You had twenty and twenty three and five. Okay, twenty three and five. Straight up, right? Straight up. Straight up, that's what it is. Yes, thank you. So um, he was calm, cool, collected. Debo, how do you feel about Andy Reid's chances um, bringing it home to Philly? Debo's very happy about it. I, I feel pretty good about it too. And he didn't seem overwhelmed. He didn't seem he didn't seem overwhelmed in that Texans game either when they were down twenty four nothing. He seemed quite okay with the idea that he has Patrick Mahomes and Bill O'Brien was the other sideline. Kyle Shanahan is obviously an upgrade over Bill Bill O'Brien, but I feel like I feel like this is uh, Andy Reid's year. Started at the media night. I don't disagree, and I think that um, I, I thought it was a great point by JJ about how the 49ers are like they're just a loose team because I was initially too, like thinking like man this seems a little too loose like they're a little like, happy to be here. I just have this I have I 
am on the Chiefs, and I told like I, I told people we you guys picked a preseason, so I'm not trying to claim it, but like I told people on this podcast to bet on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl at six and a half to one before Week 17. Yeah, it's great value right now. I am a little concerned of the about the Chiefs about the 49ers. Okay, yeah, I. I think the Brent and I might have convinced each other to flip our picks. Wait, who? We both picked the Chiefs, and we had to turn our pick in last Tuesday. Uh You just said you're concerned about the 49ers the, about making his pick wrong. Oh, like, oh, you wait, you're concerned bet. the 49ers are going to win? Yes. So okay. we we had to turn our picks in on January. Oh. I, I really want Patrick. I really see. Here's what. Here's the things I don't want. I don't want an off season of Patrick Mahomes. Is he the new Dan Marino? Oh, that's so. Dumb. But it's going, if they lose, it will happen. Up. If they lose, it will happen. I don't want Andy Reid. Can he win the big one? That will be a bigger thing than Mahomes to be, I no, think. No, the Mahomes thing will be big. Dude. No, because he at least took it a step further this year. Like, I think if he, he has a, if he has a crap game. If, yeah, but the problem, the thing is, like, he doesn't have crap games. Like, there's like an, one of the yeah, analytics guys on, thing happens. on Twitter because was people like. People talk about Lamar Jackson before they talk about Patrick Mahomes not being able to come through the playoffs. Mahomes literally, if you look at the metrics, never has bad games. Like, he has great games and he has good games. He never has had a bad game. Right. So if he craps the bed at the Super he, Bowl. I just don't think he will. Well, I don't either, but like, there's just something gnawing at the back of my mind that makes me a little nervous about it. No, I'm nervous about it. Um, and like, the energy that the 49ers have, they just, they, they're very confident. And they're very good. They're a really good football team. I, I don't think anyone should expect this to be a blowout. I think that would be dumb. Like, I think. One point Super Bowl spreads don't end up in blowout. No, I mean, I, I wrote my picks on the plane. They're not published yet, but like, I, I think I have the Chiefs winning by a touchdown. I like, gonna, I think I it's a gonna, one, I'm gonna do 20. What uh, was 24 the? To 8. Chiefs. What was the Seahawks? I th- you just said you were worried the 49ers. It's a, it's a Kobe homage. It's a Kobe homage. What, what was the Seahawks, um, what was the Seahawks Broncos spread? Oh, that was actually a one point spread. Was it? 43 to 8 final? So, to your point, you can have whoopings, I suppose. Yeah. You, you, I mean, but typically speaking, like, yeah. you don't end up with a one point. It was a pick. I think it was actually a pick. If you don't snap the ball in until the very first play I for loved, safety. Man, I, I mean, like, I, I, I was on Russell to win, like, like, I was on the, I was on that Seahawks bandwagon early, and Prisco talked me into. Every time you have an excuse as to why you picked the wrong team. <laughs> well, I'm just telling you my thought process. Prisco talked me, he's like, Trust me, when Manning gets the man-to-man matchups, he'll die. <laughs> he's gonna throw it to those guys, and they're gonna be wide open. Like the Seahawks don't have the speed, and then like within five seconds, like Cam Chancellor knocks out the Mary Thomas into the ground. It's like this game is that was over. the game. The game ended too. Yeah, it was like, this game first quarter. Yeah, like it was like, like yeah. two. It was like five nothing. Right like, after where, where, why can I live bet this game? Like be hammering the Seahawks right now. This game is over, and it was over. Of all the Super Bowls in NFL history that have been uh, point spread under two. Two and a half points. There's been seven of them. Six of them were a one-score game in the fourth quarter. You know, you know the problem with that. And this Bronco is like Seahawks Je- was the only one that was. This is like Jeopardy. You didn't say fun fact before you told the. So that doesn't it was count. Not a fun fact. He was he was he was helping me dunk on you, and you didn't realize it. And you're laying because he's four feet tall, and you're four foot six. So there's no dunking going. on. What are you on. four nine? Get yeah, out of here. Is that taller? Are, are you using the metric system? Yeah. No, I'm using inches and feet. I don't think you're not. <laughs> you're three beer cans tall, man. <laughs> I think we've reached the end of the podcast. Um, we didn't even get to losers on the, on the, on the 
Is there any? Is there ever a loser for media night? How's like, a loser? I mean, Breach got his back broken by a yeah, <laughs> professional football player. I would player. say that I could be a loser. But it took the yeah, and my finger is about to break off. Oh, jeez, again with the finger. Oh, we also had. Um, I'm on injured reserve, guys. I might not be able to work for the Super I'm Bowl. Scared, I can't pronounce his three names. The, uh, the doctor. Oh, uh, I know you talking about Larry. <laughs> <laughs> they were calling him Larry. Chiefs offensive line. Duvernay Tardif. Yeah. Duvernay Duvernay Tardif. Duvernay Tardif. So we go over there and we're like, hey, let's. Oh, that we're was do, a great. We're gonna do the scavenger hunt. We're gonna read you symptoms. We want you to tell us what the disease is. He's like, he's like, oh, this sounds fascinating. Yes. Like, <laughs> he's, like, he's like, but you have to act out the symptoms. So Breach goes, Breach goes, everything did Breach not goes go coughing. Yeah, he goes coughing. Yeah, he's like, Breach's like coughing. And like, it's like making coughing noises and actually coughing. And he's like, liver pains and like goes through it and he, and like, but he, he goes, okay, so the first thing I would do is, uh, do a, a you know, well, he's do, like, this is the symptom that would concern me the most because yeah. that could mean you're getting ready for liver failure, which could mean inclement death. So this is what <laughs> I think you might have. But I'd also be worried about this. And me and Brinson are just like, my God, we're learning we're like, things. Dude, this just, is the first time I've ever learned like, something at me tonight. Just say tuberculosis, okay? <laughs> like, for the love of God. And so then, like, like uh, he, was, he was really cool. Like, he's, so like, he's 28, and he's done all this. And he's an him. NFL player and a doctor, and Brinson hosts a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, hey, guys, and I still have a year to accomplish all that. So yeah. And I, I actually looked at him and I was like, now, look, I went to school for eight years, but I am not a doctor. Tommy Boyline, no? No laughter? I'm a pool man. Pool man. All right. So, uh, loser. Who's a loser? Breach. Uh, that's, I mean, I don't, I don't want to call don't anyone have, a loser. Don't that's, have anything prepared. Uh, okay. Um, uh, let's see. Who's a loser, Diva? Both these teams made it to the Super Bowl. They're all winners. Ooh. Oh, good transition. Good segue. Diva said, uh, Diva said, I'm a loser for Philip Rivers. So I announced, uh, very pleased to announce, sad to announce. I'm breaking up with the Chargers. This is this is so dumb though, because this is like when you are about to get dumped, and before you can. This is even different because you were just dumped, and you're trying to reframe it as I'm dumping them. The Chargers dumped you before you could dump them. They you got broken up with. Have the Chargers officially dumped? No, but the only reason you tweeted out is because Jay Glazer reported that they've moved on from Philip Rivers, and then you tweeted that I'm done with the Chargers. Well, the most- Therefore, you got dumped, and then you try to reframe it as I'm dumping them before they could dump me. No, you got dumped. The okay. most, the most By the Chargers. Right. You know how sad it is? Listen. He's, he's a single millennial, so no one knows more about dumping. Somebody, you can tell us. number one demographic. You can tell us. That's subject, guys. You can tell someone's been dumped in the last week. <laughs> no, no, he got dumped right before he got on the plane, so he had cross country to did think about why I slept 90, that's why I slept 90 minutes. Wait, did you get dumped? No. No, I did not get dumped. I think you are got you da- dumped. Are you dating somebody? I did not get, okay. Are you in a relationship? how long are you podcast running? Are you in a relationship, yes or no? No. Oh boy, because you got dumped. You got dumped. Yeah, I did not right. get dumped. Wow. Well, by the way, here's what's going to happen. Like uh, he steamboat he, crashed in the port. He he, he breaks <laughs> up. He breaks up with with the Chargers because of Philip Rivers. What happens when the Chargers franchise Philip Rivers? <laughs> <laughs> he's got to. It's, it's, it's complicated. <laughs> so that's coming. So be be on the lookout for that tweet. <laughs> I was, I'm going to be like it's going to be like. Hey, at Chargers and like it's I, kind of an I, open relationship at that point because they're definitely going to be exploring some trades. Yeah, there was a report. So Philip, so the deal with Philip Rivers is that Jay Glazer reported they moved on. Um, Jason Lockerfort reported in November that the Chargers were not going to bring Philip Rivers back, and now Ian Rappaport of NFL Media reports that they may franchise tag him. I am. Well, first of all, I'm going to side with JLC because he's our guy. He's, you know, in-house 
insider. Uh, I ain't ever going against Jay Glazer. Well, you can franchise tag someone in the whole time be like, we're moving on from you, but we're trying to see if we can get something out of moving on from you. You can tag and trade. And well, worst or, case, or, you can always – Phil Rivers isn't going to sign the tag, but, so you can always just rescind it if you don't get that but, trade. But, but you know what else you can do? You can leak publicly that you're going to tag somebody and see if anyone calls you about a trade yeah, offer. That's what it is. And if you get no, if you get no trade offers, you don't tag him. Cause if you're Rivers, what you should do if you get that tra- if you get the tag, sprint in there and sign it and be like, F y'all, like you're screwed now. Like, give I'm me not, that 20 whatever million. 27 million yeah. bucks, yeah, I'll take the 27 million. Like, I'm gonna come back and play, but like, you know, you will start Tyrod. Didn't one. he already move his family to Florida, according yeah. to reports? Yeah. But if he's, like, he's gonna move all 50 children back to, okay. come on, that's not happening. So I saw, I saw a friend of the program, Greg Rosenthal, uh, tweeting about this, and I saw some, getting some clap back from the Chargers fans. Do you think that, I think the Chargers are handling this incredibly poorly. Yes. Well, we talked about this in the Pick 6 video sure. show, right. that compared to Eli Manning, this is a complete utter slap in the face. It's unbelievable. And you could argue that Phil Rivers was a better quarterback. Yes, argue. Even the Bears treated the Jay Cutler divorce better than this. It's uh, it's their like they're doing. So I, I don't know about you guys. Even the Bengals are treating Andy Dalton better. Than well, so my, we don't my, know yet. Yeah, my, we'll see how they move him. My preferred method of breaking up with uh, someone is to just sort of go dark until that person is <laughs> yeah, forced that, to break that, up. We with said him. the Chargers are ghosting Phil Rivers. Good, yeah. But it's not a ghosting. Like I just prefer to go dark and like then like like eventually they have to break up with me. I'm like, oh, how could it? Happen? This is the most predictable. <laughs> like I said, dad of the year. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm not breaking up with my wife, my son. What, the, what are you talking about? I just mean in general. You're... You haven't seen your family in two weeks. Yeah, that, that's true. When are we wrapping this podcast? Oh, thirty minutes after right? you list four losers. We got a couple. We're, we're the Philip Rivers thing is a news item. Devo is slacking me. Like, will you shut up? I think someone know. on the pick six. Podcast Facebook group, everyone should join it. Was like, I think something's wrong with Good the job. podcast. It's like, it's not updating the Philip Rivers emergency pod. Like, <laughs> it hasn't uploaded to the feed yet. <laughs> oh man. Um, I think Rivers will end up in, or you think Philip Rivers will end up in blank? Tampa Bay. Okay. Tampa Bay. Why Tampa Bay? Uh, because Bruce Arians could not survive another season with Jameis Winston. Have you ever seen Jameis Winston play? I've heard Sean talk about him. Yeah, I've heard Sean talk about him too, and that alone is enough. J- I need Jameis Winston out there just so Sean doesn't talk about him anymore. And we need him in Las Vegas with, uh, uh, with John Gruden. Las Vegas, yes. Change. And then where's Derek Cargo in this Chicago? Oh. And then where does Trubisky go? Where does Derek? Oh God, yes, no. Derek Carr. Trubisky to New England. No, wins the Super Bowl. Oh, Derek Carr to Chicago. Yeah, I just said that. Yeah, I know that'd be incredible. Derek Carr and Trubisky. I mean, I'd rather have Derek Carr than Trubisky. What? No. Really? Yeah. For one season? Yeah. I think so. Yikes. I mean, I think we're forgetting how bad Derek Carr at his best can be is an average quarterback. Complete 70% we're not saying Derek Carr's trash. We're saying he's average in that, like, he had one good season that inflated his reputation. And he's probably, what, a 16 through 20 quarterback? Trubisky's like 26 through 32. Yeah. All right. All right. Where's he go? Rivers. Charlotte. And then my deep cut, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I like that. Whoa. I like that better. Than, I think he goes to Tampa because who reported that he you moved his family to Florida? Well, Jason or uh, Schefter. Well, someone reported Moore, that he moved Moore's his family to, to Florida. Him. So, like, no, he, it, well, Rivers literally said it. He texted. Okay, well, he texted. There, there we go. Yeah. If he moved his family to Florida, I'm going to guess he's but going he's, to but Florida. He, but he's closer to Alabama in Florida. They basically moved to Florida because it, it's you don't have to pay taxes. Yeah, but who reported that? 
Arians wanted Rivers. There's just there seems JLC, to be a lot of smoke. There seems them. to be a lot of smoke towards that and moving the family it to makes, Florida. It makes total sense that he would be like the new Carson Palmer. I don't, I I don't like the fit to me. I like Philip Rivers. That to me is not the fit. I I think something that's concerned me about Philip Rivers this past year is his diminished arm strength. Like I think you could actually see some of that. And yeah, I mean, you know who turned the ball over a lot, not as much as James, but a lot. Philip Rivers. It seems like you're. Doing kind of an even no, type you're, of swap. You're getting a smarter, more yes, okay, yes, James. yes. I think you're getting a minor upgrade, yeah. uh, or bigger than minor upgrade. upgrade. Yeah. You're getting a, a you're getting an upgrade, but like I don't know if that solves well, anything. James explained. set the NFL record for pick. Uh, yeah, that's why I that's why I corrected myself. If you it's, literally it's an throw two fewer pick sixes, you might win two so extra J- games. JLC's argument when he was he on threw the pod- walk off pick six well. in a game. To end the season. To end the to season. To go, wait, he's got a rest to become the first 30-30. Yeah. yeah, he's like, he's like, just don't throw your 30th pick, bro. He's like, meh. <laughs> On the last one. So, JLC's point was that Bruce Arians is probably not in this for five years, right? Like, he's right. not trying to work at Tampa Bay for five years. So, he thinks he has a window with a pretty good defense, some awesome offensive weapons. This is the second time Ryan's tinkling in this podcast. It's unbelievable. Well, this podcast is going long, man. Uh, well, I mean, we're giving the people what Super they want. Week. We haven't done a podcast since last Friday. What are you sitting here drinking wine? I got a wine. I <laughs> finished the wine. <laughs> Arians doesn't want to deal with five years of Jameis Winston. I mean, I, I'm all for, I'm not, and I, I'm not criticizing the move. I just no, think, but, I don't but, think, but, I don't but, know but, if it puts him up. But like, if you're Tampa Bay, you're in the situation where you're like, Oh my God, we have to give Jameis like, you know, like we either give Jameis five years and like 150 million, which is what he's going to want, what he's going to command, or we're all in trouble for letting the former number one overall pick walk away. So the way you get out of it is by signing a guy like Phillip Rivers. It's like the, it's like I'm, the LA Tebow thing. I'm fine with it. I'm not going to criticize it. I just don't see it as the move that gets them over the hump. I think the culture in play too. I think that would be good for him, like, because if... Did that toilet flush show up in the podcast? Like <laughs> you don't have to. Um, <laughs> even if if you disagree, just say his arm strength has diminished, like I said. and Whatever, you don't have to disagree with that or whatever. But if that's true, and he goes to Indianapolis, Frank Reich does like a short passing game. They have a good offensive line. Frank Reich, Frank Reich was his old... Yeah, yeah, I just I think that like in like I like Brissett, but like I like the idea of Brissett backing up an old quarterback who maybe could wear down and get hurt, and like you need him to fill in. No, the Colts, the Colts and Tampa Bay, are great and you're kids. playing indoors too, so you're not. Yep. I mean, not that Tampa Bay is dealing with bad weather. But I think still. I think it's either Indianapolis or Tampa Bay. That's where he'll go. And I, I would put the Titans as a sleeper, and the Panthers as a deep sleeper, and the Steelers as like. I the, think the Titans will tag Tannehill. So probably, yeah. Okay. I think the Panthers would be a better sleeper. Because we just have no idea what's going on with Cam's health. Uh, your boy, Ryan. Oh, the Browns hired a GM, finally. Very exciting. Andrew Barry. We talked about the Pick 6, uh, the video show. I mean, I don't want to spend too long over, but, like, it's good to get a guy who's been in Cleveland, who has an analytical blend of Is old- it good, though? We talked about this. Well, I mean, there's nothing good about Cleveland. Like, it doesn't matter if Jimmy Haslam doesn't give him time. Right. You've been there. They fired you. Yeah. You know how crazy it is. You're dating your crazy ex again. He's a director of player personnel. Like Debo. Debo keeps dating this crazy ex of his. It's insane. What if she's listening? Maybe. Yeah. And she's really crazy. I have no idea what you're <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah, on paper it makes a lot of sense. But as you point out, Haslam has to be able to st- take a step back. He has proven that he cannot do that. Right. 
So I, I like it. He's, he has an undergraduate degree from Harvard in economics. He has a, a master's in computer science. He's not a dummy. Um, I think when he came out of Harvard, he tried, I can't remember which team he tried out for, but after things didn't work out, the coach or there's someone in the front office said, Hey, we want you to come work for us in the front office sort of immediately as a 22 or 23 year old. So he's clearly very talented and someone noticed that early on. Uh, you just hope it blossoms and doesn't will. I mean, die. Jimmy Haslam can't keep, keep from firing somebody every two weeks. Well, he just can't stay. And you know, you talk to Ken Carmen nine three seven. Are they the fan as well? Nine two three the fan. Yeah. Nine two three the fan in Cleveland, and um, you did too, yeah. And he mentioned this, and we've heard this before: is that Jimmy Haslam goes with usually the last person who says something to him in right. his ear. So he's like very approachable when it comes to like if like you get his ear, you can convince him into anything. That's right. So, so he fires, he hires a bunch of nerds to do math and analytics, <laughs> fires all those nerds. Like, we're going with football guys. Wait, have they fired all the San Diego nerd? Dee Podesta? No. Jonah Hill? He's still there. Yeah. yeah no, he, but he fired, like, he hired Sashi Brown. Sasha, yeah. Yeah, he hired Sashi. Hugh was supposed to be the guy. The coach was Sashi. Fired all those guys. Let Barry go. Let Jonah Doug, Hill's still there. Yes. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah. We get it. You see Moneyball. You're drunk. <laughs> you see Moneyball. We get it. Um. <sighs> Sean only slept 90 minutes. <laughs> so, uh, and also in Cleveland news, as we're going to get out of here, the, the New York Giants decided they needed a new coaching staff. So you know what they did, Sean? Hired McAdoo. They, they did? That was a joke. No, they didn't hire Ben McAdoo. No. They gutted their house. They're renovating their house. New kitchen. Fresh living room. Did the beds, the bedrooms all over again? You know what they added outside? I'll tell you what they added outside. What they add outside? I am just sad that I can't hit the toilet right now and make the flushing baby. I should have waited by yeah, the Can door. I get over there to flush uh, the toilet? <laughs> that would have been legendary. Yeah. Yeah. You bang that? yeah. So they hired Freddie Outhouse Kitchens to be their tight ends coach, which means they now have a coaching staff with Jason Garrett. And Freddie Kitchen. <laughs> is Jason Garrett a good hire as a quarterback's guru? He's the OC. I understand. To work with Daniel Jones? If no. You, if, you would no. Ask, if you would ask Jared Dubin, our colleague who is a Cowboys fan. Not a huge Garrett fan. No. It, but, when, Jason, it is, was Jason Garrett hired on Friday? Oh, that's Yeah, we didn't even do a Garrett podcast, did we? Did we? If you're a Giants fan, you're going to tune in every week just to see this train wreck of a coaching staff. Freddie Kitchens and Jason Garrett on the same sideline? I mean, is, that's a fantasy. We were getting tweets about, like, are you going to do an emergency Jason Garrett pod? It's like, no. It was close. No. Evo, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you that Jason Garrett and Freddie Kitchens coach for another team in your division that's not your team? <laughs> <laughs> it was a 30 on a scale of 1 to 10. By the way, Diva's over here, like, like uh, Putting together an email to HR. <laughs> I'd like to apologize beforehand <laughs> it's like for this Tuesday it's podcast. It's 12.40. Oh, my God. How long is this show? Okay. And he has to drive home, remember. It's, it's all right. I've only slept 90 minutes. Um, okay. Is that it? Everything? <laughs> That's the show.